ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Craig Christie, how are you, bud? Doing great. Hey, thank you very much for coming and sitting down with us at ATV Talk. <laughs> ATV Talk is the new thing for Lenny, huh? Yeah, that's the new thing. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite the experience and quite the endeavor. Um, n- nothing like, uh, I'm assuming that the things that you've done, you know, in, in your uh, video world, but um, I'm learning and I'm trying and uh, I got some really good people helping me and you got to meet the ladies uh Paula and Valeria. Yeah, they're they're taking it to the next level. I've listened to a couple of them, and it sounds like uh, sounds like it's 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 evolving and getting better. Even so, that's good for you. We're we're really working at it. I um, it's a huge learning curve for me. Uh, you know me. I'm I build bikes. I'd usually do it in solitarity or solidarity or solitude. <laughs> solitude. Yeah. Um, most solidarity with other people yeah there you go Uh, (laughs) my English skills aren't that good either Um, well you're on the spot that's the problem well yeah (laughs) you know that's part of it too thinking on your feet exactly and uh, it's easier sometimes when the person that you're spending time with isn't better at what you're doing than you are Uh, so that makes uh, that makes it what are you uh, nervous uh, no, I'm not nervous. Um, <laughs> critique. I think there's going to be some critiquing and some education after uh, we're done, and and I'm hoping so. Um, you know, you got to listen to me for years, talk to you about how Absolutely. to do things, and um, I'm hoping that I get the same from you. Sure. Yeah, we're here to help. But we came here today to talk about Craig Christie and Craig Christie's ATV racing and some of your endeavors in the in, that you've jumped into, into the truck industry and and racing some trucks. So uh, let's get started and um, let's go back in time. How did Craig Christie get into the ATV world? Well, it, it, the ATV world was was my cousins. Uh, they they had ATCs. Uh, I was on uh, just a little Honda 50. Uh, my dad, my dad had an X, uh, XL125 that I used to ride with him, like sitting on the gas tank. <laughs> and that was like salt and sea. We'd go down out around there and those chocolate mountains camping there. And uh, it was always like Easter and Thanksgiving. So it started there. Um, I graduated to an SL70. Again, my cousins, they had their ATC70s and they got 125s. And then my uncle got a 250. I rode that. I'm like, this is cool. Uh, my dad would not would not get me a, a, a three-wheeler. I just coveted them and rode them as often as they would let me ride them. But, of course, they were theirs and I had my stuff. So uh, kept kept uh, graduating a little bit. Just uh, But my dad said, two-wheelers, two-wheelers, two-wheelers. He didn't want to have any three-wheelers. And then four-wheelers came along just because of the transport. We just had a van and we could stick. Just, I swear he probably shoved eight bikes in that thing. Like an old, <laughs> old Dodge van, which was a delivery van for you know, the, the family business. So, uh, so finally, I don't know, around, I think it was 19, 1990. I said, I really want to go get a quad. And uh, he says, you've got a motorcycle at an XR 100 at the time as an 84 XR 100. 
that thing just went and went. I don't think I ever changed the oil in it. You're the one that taught me I was supposed to change oil, and I learned that about 20 years later. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he says, you got a bike, you can sell it, go do what you want. So I sold that thing for 700 bucks, and I went and I bought a Banshee. And uh, just tore around on that around, like, Texas Canyon and, and L.A., where I could, as close as I could. Because it was just when I first started driving, so I had a little tiny crappy trailer and just kind of went by myself and it didn't really meet many people which is a bummer and uh it's kind of i think if you don't have people that you're riding with you don't go ride so i did as much as possible and then 92 came and i went off to college to asu i took the quad out there i rode a bunch of times out there and got people to, people to like just go rent things rent quads and go ride with me so that was fun but still a very uh i, I hardly knew what i was doing i was not not very fast. The, the quad was stock. You know, there's nothing on it except uh, I think I put some work shocks on the front of it. That was about it. It had jams too. It was that? It was oh, you bought an old one? Yeah. Well, that's that's what I could do in 1990 as a as a 16 year old kid. <laughs> so that's where that started. Um, then moving on uh, after college, I started working and just totally out of it for about 10 years, but itching to do it again. And finally met somebody who's like. Yeah, I like quads. Let's go get a quad. And that was Steve Malley. You remember Steve Malley? Yep. So that was 2005, I think about. And we went and bought two Raptors and I brought one to you and he took one over to Golden West, I think. And we put a bunch of shit on him and said, let's go race the San Felipe 250. I had no idea what I was going to get into, but we just decided we were going to do it. And we did it and we got 13th place and I was like, I felt like I got first place. Just, just, just. Just finishing was unbelievable. Just had an absolute ball. So that was the start of it. And you've been hooked ever since. Yeah, ever since. And I think the the next race we rode, the other Raptor 700, and uh, just pain in the ass with those uh, fuel tanks at the time. And uh, talking to you more and more, you're like, you need to get a 450 if you're going to keep doing this. So we bought a brand new 450 and built it up for the 1,000 that year. And that's, that's really when we... We spent a lot of time talking to you about what do we what do we need to do here? I remember we're, that we're phone gonna, call. Yeah, we're going to continue this. Where do I go? Here, just you told me. Just go drive over to Escondido Cycle. He's got one ready for you, and just bring it over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and and that's kind of the the way it happened. And and I remember getting off the phone with you and going, "Hey, bro, uh, this guy Craig's going to bring us a four fifty to build for the thousand. And Lauren looked at me and rolled his eyes and. And uh, when you showed up, we looked at each other and went, wow, okay, great, let's do this. Lauren was always like, okay, calm down. I don't want you to hurt yourself. You need to. He was always like the the dad voice of reason. Like, we're not going to make this thing too crazy. (laughs) Every every race that came up, like, we need to go faster. We need to go faster. We need to go faster. Well, yeah, and, and and we did. We we experimented with some different engine combinations, and and the suspension got got better. Um, we probably could have done a little bit more work with Doug Roll to develop the shocks or Elka. And well, I think when we started working on suspension and spending a lot of time with it, that's when we're like, oh, well, now we can use more engine because now this thing is really stable. Right. Like, for instance, when we were, when I was riding those Raptors. It was bitching having a little on torque in that thing, but but the suspension, we, yeah, we didn't put a lot of time into it. We didn't have a lot of time to put the time into it, but it just the you couldn't keep the power to the ground and keep it as nimble as the the, the Honda. 
Well, yeah, as soon as you rode the Honda, you realized why I wanted you on one. And then we developed it more, and then it kept going better and better. Just, I kept making mistakes and, and like, oh, crap, I'm going to go to the bars, and I wouldn't go to the bar. Kept making a mistake. I go, I'm going to go high side. Nope, nope. Just flicking it and getting through stuff was great, especially in, in Baja at the, the speeds. So I, I remember you used to get so excited. I mean, you're a pretty calm level guy. But you could tell when you were excited and, and happy and and uh, enjoying yourself. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch that ele- evolution in your program and in you. Yeah, just trying to get seat time. That was the big thing. You used to get upset at me because I go down and pre-run a thousand miles before a race. And you're like, no, 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 don't do that. You need to calm down. I'm like, no, I need to learn. <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, some of what you were doing was a good thing. I think that your logistics work that you did when you were riding, uh, I didn't understand as much of that until today, you know, until, you know, you look back on it and realize, hey, that's what got us into this pit. That's what got us here. That's what got this happening. Um, yeah, that, so that absolutely helped us with people that we were riding against. There were a lot of people that were faster out there than us and still are. I mean, but, but putting together the, the plan, um, and, and getting everybody in the right spot at the right time was, was key. Yes, it really was. And uh, I, uh, you know, even with the knowledge that I had, I learned a bunch because I wasn't super keen on the, the score races at, when I started going down there with you. Uh, I, I mean, I think the second time that I went racing down there was with you in 2007 when we went to Cabo. Yeah, that was a fun race. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, we haven't done one all the way to Cabo since. And uh, I wish I wish they'd done that. They, they threatened about it, but it always just ends in La Paz. Yeah, well, we ended, up, we ended up going to La Paz, I think, twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cabo was, I think it was more fun. We've done all the way to Cabo and Nora now on the trucks, and that's been fun. And before I bought a truck for Nora, we were... I was kicking around doing a three-wheeler, and I'm like, I'm going to kill myself at a thousand miles on a three-wheeler all the way down there. <laughs> I'd have to, like, just relearn how to ride on a, on a, on an ATC. <laughs> but there's one guy that's down there doing it. Um, he's, he's having fun. I don't even know his name. Either. Well, that's – he's a real hero because I freaking – I struggle to ride three-wheelers, and I grew up, you know, in the 90, 110s era – riding them and I'm not a I'm not a huge fan um, anymore you know it's just your skill set the, the muscle memory it all goes away it, yeah once you get used to it it's amazing I, I got on a 700XX three days ago and just threw a new battery in it and I'm like oh, I wonder if this thing's going to run with the old gas in it and it fired right up it was great and I'm like oh, I'll go down the alley and second gear just started wheeling down the alley all the clients are sitting there looking at me like holy shit what and I'm like I hadn't, I hadn't jumped on a quad in a, what at least a year. Wow. And it started wheeling down there. It all came back immediately. And I'm like, that feels good. <laughs> okay, now we can put it away. Yeah, okay, put it away before I hurt myself. <laughs> shorts on and, and flip-flops. <laughs> like an idiot. You Probably would, no helmet. You would have killed me. You would have killed Probably me. Probably no helmet. I have my helmet on. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> man, man. So when you look back on your time spent racing ATVs. Um, talk about some of your highlight memories. Uh, 
I mean, the first first place that we got was great. That was that was a loop race. I think that was the second year. No, first year we did class twenty four. We just we had a lot of seconds and thirds over two or three years. We just never had our first place, and then we we hit that first place, and we uh, at the thousand, and that put us in points even over the other guys, and gave us an overall for the season championship, which was pretty cool. Um, so that's definitely a highlight. Um, I think after that race, we were we were celebrating clearly at the bar, and uh, my dad was there, and he goes, "Remember, I told you he would not buy me a, a three wheeler." I was like, "No, no, 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 no." And uh, we were sitting there, and he goes, "Man, I should have bought you a three wheeler." <laughs> I'm like, "So this is what it took. It took all of this to fucking get you to admit, <laughs> to admit that." <laughs> no, but that was pretty cool. He said that. Um, the other highlight, not necessarily highlights, but I just want to touch on the pre-running. Uh, we did a lot of that. It takes a you have to be able to take the time out to do it. And even today with running the trucks, I mean, that's it's the best part of Baja racing in my opinion. I mean, it is like being with the people, getting tacos, getting the other taco, getting the other uh, food that you love at this other place. You show up to a restaurant that you love that those people have been operating for a long time that we've been seeing down there for 20 years and they're like, hey, you know, it's, that's that's one of the best parts about about Baja racing for me and, and doing the pre-run. When we were doing that on the quads, we were doing a lot of work because I was learning a lot. But um, having everybody down there and having a good time was was key. And we loved doing it, you know, it was a family deal. Like We were down there with my dad, we were down there with, all the guys that were coming down, I had friends and support, which was also great. I mean, we didn't have we didn't have much money then to get people to help us out, and they came on down and helped out a lot. Had a lot of volunteer help, which was great. Um, it's just nice when like like your buddy from college is there in his truck chasing you. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but he's like pulls up to a gas station and, and fills everybody's tanks up with gas, and you're like, whew. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had a finite amount of money and a finite budget. But anyway, uh, again, it's not like a highlight necessarily, but it's just the whole thing about pre-running is, is to me, the best part of it. Uh, it's it exciting, but pre-running is worth it. Well, it's, it's pretty amazing because I would show up usually after you'd already been down there for a week and I would show up the, you know, and spend a day before the race down there with you guys and we were running into people into town that you'd been pre-running with or helped tow out or, or found on the trail and talked to. And, and I just remember some of the stories I got to hear were pretty awesome, you know, from absolutely, especially when you got the truck, you know, where you would pull people out and do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We got a truck where we were still racing the quads and then help out a lot of people carrying, carrying fuel, carrying water, carrying, and well, carrying beers too, you know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just need a cold beer on the side of the on the side of the trail, and it's cool. And there's a cooler next to you, um, as opposed to what you got in your backpack when you're just doing it on the quads. But uh, yeah, and and I, I found when we were first starting, for some reason, two wheel two wheel motorcycle guys were not very friendly. Uh, but everyone that was riding the quad was really friendly and really helpful. Like you need a part, you need a master link you need a, a tow uh, and vice versa we would do the same thing you need some gas you know whatever but uh you run up against these two little guys and they were just like I, I don't i don't know why but it was just like they'd stare you down like you're the bad guy 
oh, great. Here's, here comes the quad guy. <laughs> it I, was very weird. I think that it, in to a point, it's starting to change a little. I think the two-wheeler guys. Yeah. I think that the two-wheeler guys are starting to change. Um, if you if you look at some of the things that are happening in the work series right now, you have some pretty fast motorcycle guys transitioning into ATVs, and I think that they're going to stay with the ATV because um, the skill it takes to ride an ATV is greater at the pro level than it is at the amateur level. Oh, and they find that they find that more competitive. Yeah, they they find it. Cool. You know, it's a it's a bar that they have to reach to, to, to go to a better skill level. Um, I mean, they can get on and they can go fast. Well, it's funny. It's, for me, anyway, I just had some natural ability for these, uh, for the quads. Uh, you put me on a two-wheeler and I will crash. Guarantee. <laughs> I love my front brake and I don't know how to <laughs> make a front brake work in the dirt well. Granted, I haven't practiced it or tried or or done it, but you put me on a quad and I'm fine. <laughs> so, but and a lot of dual guys are like, "You're nuts! You're beating the crap out of yourself out there. You you got the small tires, your suspension is this." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, but I can stay on the bike and I can go really fast on it and beat half of you guys." So, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, what are you complaining about? Yeah, but the top the top two old guys are amazing though. I mean, I can't believe it. Just they just never let off. Um, when when they're out, when you see them out there pre running, it, it's pretty pretty amazing sight. Yep, uh, and and even to watch some of the videos about them, uh, it, it's it's extremely fun to to be a part of something like that. And I like to watch the videos more than I like to be standing there watching them go by because when you stand there watch them go by, the 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 it, it happens so fast you miss all the cool details. When they slow it down on video and let you watch what the machine's doing at that speed, you know, because every once in a while it'll kick itself sideways and they never lift, never even, doesn't even look like they get excited. Yeah, all that self-writing principle, physics, it's amazing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you could... It wants to stand up and it wants to go straight. <laughs> but you also watch some of the ATV guys and some of the things they do and... Oh, yeah, Watching, and I, I did a little dabbled in the work stuff with you, just mostly for training. And I was not very good at it. I'd go out on the desert loop and eat up guys, and then I'd come into the 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 infield tracker or the MX part, and then I'd lose eight spots, and then I'd go back out there and gain eight spots. So it was not my forte. But seeing some of those guys uh, manipulate the bikes in the air was pretty amazing. Um, coming off of jumps sideways and landing them straight it was just like it was not my cup of tea again it wasn't something that I practiced a lot but um, it was it was impressive I was like wow that's pretty cool I, I think that the skill level in the ATV riders it has only gotten better especially in the last you know 10 years especially with the onslaught of video because you see one guy, and, yeah, you see one guy do something. Hey, I can do that, and then I can do this, and and the way they m- maneuver the machines around in the air, uh, change directions almost. Yeah, that's actually one of the hardest things I had to. I don't know if you want to call it unlearn or learn um, driving trucks now. Like I can't manipulate the truck in the air. Right, it's very difficult. So the idea is to keep it on the ground as much as possible. Um, I've come out, of, come off of things in the truck sideways, and I'm headed towards, you know, landing it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So where am I going to put this steering wheel so that it doesn't 
doesn't want to uh, pitch back the other way at me or something. It, it's that was a real learning curve for me in the beginning of the trucks. Now, now it's a little bit natural, but it took a little while because you can't throw your body around. That was one of the great things I loved on a quad. Is like whatever's going on, I can throw my body this way, throw my body that way, and I've got a big body as we all know. <laughs> the heaviest guy on the team. <laughs> But uh, uh, I, I liked that, and I think it was part of what helped um, was able to it, being able to move it around. And it's really interesting driving trucks where you can't do that. It's all mechanics. It, when you drive the truck, do you get the same adrenaline rush driving the truck as you did when you rode the quad? Absolutely. And probably more. Um, but, yeah, I, I tell people stories like who don't race. And I'm like... If you come, if you race, then everything else sucks. <laughs> you're, you're just basically going through the motions of getting your job done or getting life done until you can get back and, and race or, or even pre-running, but it's just, it's so fun. Um, when, 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 especially when you pull off something amazing that you thought was, wasn't going to happen. You're like, oh, we just hit this thing. Oh, we're going over. Oh, we're not going over. We made it. Okay. I mean, we've had a lot of close calls on the edge and, uh, of the first truck we had. Now we have a new truck about a, about a year ago, but the first truck, I really kind of knew where the edge was. And the new truck, I don't know where the edge is yet. So it can do a lot more. It's pretty un- unbelievable, but we're not there yet, figuring out where the edges of the truck. Um, but the first one, we were on the edge several times and people, there was a guy that asked me, he goes, so how many times you rolled? And I'm like, never. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've never rolled that truck. And when I was selling that truck, they're like, okay, so how many times has this thing been on its lid? Never. It's never. So it's it's never cracked. It's never. No, I didn't abuse the thing. That's why. Right. You know. Um, and, and it was because it was a learning curve. And, and if we'd have crashed the truck, we couldn't race for two races because our budget was right there. Right. So uh, anyway, that's it's it's different. The nice thing about the quads is we had three of them sitting around, so we crash one and we could race the next one. Right. But uh, it's a little bit different, um, clearly, in the expense of, <laughs> of the trucks. <laughs> yeah, having three trucks there, that'd be quite the bill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't have that budget. <laughs> I, I remember we were down at the uh, what I don't remember the name of the hotel that we stayed at there in Ensenada. The corral, the, the one where the boats were. Um, yes. Yeah, hotel corral. Okay, well, we were standing there at the pickup trucks with the quads, and there's McMillan's car hauler with pre F one fifty pre runners, yeah, three, 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 four, five pre runners, yeah, two, two, three race trucks, and go, like BJ Baldwin on one side. That was fun staying there. We were this quad team, and, and those guys were like coming over and checking out our quads. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I was just sitting there looking at that hauler, you know, and it had four. Uh, pre-runners on there and uh, I'm just thinking wow yeah, uh, budgets we could build four quads four race quads for the price of that pre-runner maybe maybe five. Oh, more than that you can build ten that, well they were still well they were still the stock frame ones oh, the older ones okay. yep yeah they have the Stewart ones they were pretty nice trucks. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't park it in the ditch, uh, you know, and not, and not drive it if, it, mm-hmm. you know, it was up to me. But 
uh, I like the trucks, but I'm not a fan. I'm not ready for a cage. I've done some UTV testing, which I'm sure you've gotten to play with them a little bit. Um, I'm still, I still want the thrill of riding without a cage. You know, that's why I do a little bit of two wheeler stuff and I still get to test the quads. Um, yeah, daily you do it. Yeah. You know, well, we don't test as much uh, in the new building, but I still get to do it some. I think um, you, if you got into a truck and you like went down a road and, and there's two trees and you thread the needle with it and then there's a, a quick flick and a turn and you get right through it, you're like, wow, that that's amazing that we just did that. Also with four foot whoops in there. Well, you know, maybe in a truck, you know, with 800,000 horsepower, that, <laughs> that might be a little different, but there's still those thrills of those little things like, wow, I just did that. And I didn't really think about doing that. It's the same thing from, for me anyway, on a quad where like, wow, I just did that. And I didn't even think about it. And, and that's the, like I said, the muscle memory, the, the, some, some of the natural ability and, and, and just seat time. And, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting when that happens, even if you're not, you know, doing 110 miles an hour, you know, it's not necessarily the speeds that are what it's about. It's what the truck can do. Like I can do a whole race by myself. I mean, you remember we had four or five guys on a team. Yep. I can do a 500 mile race myself. It's a little tough, but we can do it. 250, no problem at all. And that's, what's, that's, what's exciting. Like you, you get to really use your machine and based on your budget, your, your dollar for dollar, your, 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 you're getting your ride time out of it. Before we go back to the quad, mm-hmm. when you drive the truck, do you get a pretty intense upper body workout? Um, I wouldn't say upper. It's it's stabilizing and, and core stuff. Yeah, it's for me. That's more of it. Except when the wheel jams and and flings your arm into the bar and you're you're drill your elbow on the <laughs> on the side of the cage and and. Oh, that, that sucks. <laughs> Do you wear elbow pads or anything like that? No, no. There's a, I mean, just, just the, just the driving seat. Just every once in a while, it rips the wheel out of your hands. Actually, not in the new truck. It's never happened in the new truck because it's got a different steering setup on it, which kind of avoids that. But with the old, old truck and the steering rack, it ripped the wheel out of your hands if you hit something that was a rock or whatever, or you, whatever you weren't paying attention to. That's the only thing upper body wise that, that's, gotten me but just just stabilizing core stuff is really what it's all about but i mean you can also i mean i i have a dead pedal that, that i had not push forward on me so that i can really push on it and push myself back into the seat and i wear my belts a little bit loose um i, I shouldn't the, the tighter the safer but um i wear them slightly looser just so i can move my body around in the seat a little bit because it helps like if my back's sore i get in a little bit different position and they're like okay that's not hurting my back anymore as much something like that uh, how do you have time to think about what your back your back hurting you know driving the, 80 90 miles 100 miles an hour <laughs> in the whoops in the rocks in the dust that's just what you're feeling you know you're like oh I'm, I'm in a position this way especially the longer races and you're, when you're doing them by yourself um but i mean it, we, we uh, the, the other annoying thing is you know wearing the wearing a p-tube if you want to do that but some and they invariably fall off so uh, <laughs> yeah um so we've drilled and rehearsed and i can get in and out of the truck in three minutes if i have to pull over and take a week <laughs> well that's hey that, that's what you got to do yeah um let's go back to the atv stuff 
2009, if I remember correctly, was a pretty special year for for Team Christie in score. Yeah, uh, we run in our that's when at the whole class twenty four run that we won everything, right? Yep, and you were overall score ATV champion. Yeah, yeah, we ran no the next year t- ten was when we ran both the quads or, or both classes. Uh, it ten or eleven. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think it was eleven. So yeah, that was great. Uh, again, we're racing uh, class twenty four, and um, we were working really hard at it at that time. I I wasn't sure going into it, and like I said, like two thousand five, that like I was going to be doing this a long time, and all of a sudden we were doing well and doing better, and 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 meeting a lot of people that want to race with us, and all, almost all of them through through you guys. Um, Dave Scott and Andy Legsons and uh, Doug rode with us that one year um, and then uh, Jeremy a bunch of other guys that were around Jeremy us. Sanchez yeah, yeah. Yep. so um, that was that was a that was a ton of fun um, but get, going into that year I mean again I didn't think we were going to be taking it that seriously starting in 2005 and 2009 I was like okay you know once every a couple of weeks, I was out at Milestone riding. I mean, I was like working hard on it, and uh, probably the thinnest I'd been in, in a while, and, and or best shape I was in. Uh, that that two thousand nine and, and quad wise. Well, two thousand nine to two thousand eleven, you were probably in the best shape of your life, probably. Yeah, yeah. One time I got a little too skinny and I lost my endurance, so I'm like, okay, let's not get that. Let's not let's, let's ease off on, on on losing weight. Um, and then I never worked out or did anything other than ride, just seat time. And I think when I started doing the milestone stuff, that really helped the upper body. Um, and that was that just really helped the endurance because I could just go longer and longer. Hurt the back more, but <laughs> right, right. But, uh, was was that the year that? Uh, we were in Valley de Trinidad at the taco stand and we were going to meet you later that night in, in Ojos. Um, and I was, I was against you getting on the quad and riding across oh, to, yeah. to make your connection. Yeah. I did that a lot in, in score where we just jump on a quad to go to the other side of the peninsula on, the, on these loop races. Um, and it was just like a 30 mile run over and rather than go all the way around in a car I'm like just give me a quad I'll just run across it it's no big deal we do it all the time yeah uh, you kind of had to put your foot down a little with me on that one because I like, was no, this is what I'm going to do this is what I do I've been doing it shut up Lenny <laughs> pretty much that's the way it went you know yeah and, uh, and that was cool because we just jammed right over and everybody was in the position they needed to be in that was another thing we did really well was all the radio stuff. So we could talk from one side to the other really easily when you couldn't really do that with cell phones or you didn't have cell phones or cell phone coverage in those areas. So we just, I mean, I just literally pulled up on the other side and, and San Vicente drove right onto the trailer, hopped into a truck and they drove me up to catch the next, uh, catch the next spot where I was going to get on. And then we went from, see Santa Tomas, Santa Tomas, I rode it all the way home from there. Yep, and that yeah. was saw you in Ojos, and then took it. And we won. We won that race. Yep, and we won that one. That was the first place. That was the thousand. In that first place. So. And that was a pretty awesome day. 
um, you know, we, we uh, I was always, when we started racing score, I was always shaking my head because either in the morning we were stopping and having breakfast after the race started, or at night we were having tacos at the taco stand during the race. And it always, for me, I just couldn't get over it. I have a bike and a team racing. What am I doing sitting here at the tacos? <laughs> but realistically, as you get into it, there's nowhere, it. but there's nowhere else for you to go. Yeah. And, and you have to do it. You have to remember to stop, drink water, eat, pee, get fuel. Those are the, those are the things you always have to do when there's a minute of downtime. And uh, especially in Mexico. And you got to do it. And uh, I've... I've I've broken my own rules on on and gotten dehydrated. It's happened to me like two or three times out there, twice down in Mexico, and that one time up in Pegastrino, we were doing that. I got off the quad, and I remember I, my legs were cramping so bad. Yep. Like, it was like trying to stay straight in the front seat of your truck. I remember that. I was like ah screaming because my 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 quads were so so shot. That 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 race was those races are so hot and miserable. The Vegas training ones, I never really enjoyed those. We just did one two weeks ago in, the, in a truck. We only made it to pit two. It was just so damn hot. The, the, it was the old 1971 Suburban we have. It's like a Nora truck, a vintage truck, and it just kept vapor locking. This is 110 degree heat. And I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. And we just, we went 82 miles, I think. And they timed us out. <laughs> they wouldn't let us go any further. So we drove to Tonopah, turned left, and went to Mammoth, which you and I did one time. Yep. quad which is probably the only time i think the only time we had an engine failure was that yep 700 xx in that race yep uh, and we all the whole team went to mammoth yeah and we went swimming <laughs> yeah. and uh, i mean i don't drink and i haven't drank for 20 some years but everybody sat around and had beers well, and well i drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did everybody else my son was there with us danny and and you guys all got uh, a little woozy and uh, we went trail riding the next day. No, it was a different trip, wasn't it? Well, I had the dirt bike. We had the dirt bikes. With was us. it the next day? Okay. Yeah, no, we, we went. Not. You know, we went. We went trail riding, and you showed us around up there a little bit. Yeah, we went. So we still do that. We do that mammoth to June Lake and get a sandwich at, yep. the, at the little shop. And, and actually, they've opened that up more um, up in that area. And a lot of UTVs are doing are up there running around, and it's it's. They're really, um, they're really cool about it. It used to be like, you know, spark roasters and all this stuff. And, 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 you can, and now they're just like, if you just don't be an asshole, you're fine. And I've like pulled up and seen a ranger, pulled up and seen a high patrol, and they're kind of sitting there and I'm like, uh-oh, I'm going to get busted. And they're like, hey, how you doing? Have a good time. You need to cross here? You want me, like, you want me to stop traffic for you or anything? Like, they're really cool. That's awesome. So it's, the, the mindset's changed. And it's really good um, for, again, the UTVs up there. Uh, we've taken the trucks up there, and it's no fun because you can't open them up. You're darting around all these trees. And it's funny, like I had one truck, and we, I think the same set of fenders has been on it, since the rear fenders, since, I'm going to say, it's 12, 13 years now. And, and about three years ago, I took one of those fenders off of that thing, like the first time in Mammoth because it was going around the street <laughs> thousands and thousands of miles in Baja never lost a fender on that thing and then one one five mile stupid trip in Mammoth and there goes the fender oh that's too funny we actually ended up fixing it 
and putting it back on. So it's the same <laughs> set of rear fenders. It's just like, you can go get a new one, but the guy can fix it for 50 bucks. I'm like, okay, well, I'll fix it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so back to the UTVs. And, you know, Wayne uh, Mallock and, and, and I hang out up there. He comes up uh, to Mammoth once in a while, too. And uh, they do a trip once a year, and we all hang out. And they bring all the razors, and uh, and we have some other friends that, that come up, and, and then some people that own some stuff up there. But the razors are where it's at up there. And that market is just exploding. It's amazing. Yeah, that that's crazy. Yeah, we do we do work on the engines, but I don't work on the chassis. Um, I just being, no, me too. <laughs> well, some people, you know, well, you just ATV things going to end. Well, okay, they've been telling me that for ten years, and you know, I'm, after thirty years, right? Uh, yeah, and I'm busier than now <laughs> than I ever have been, and and I don't know. I don't see a stopping point, you know. I mean, I'll probably retire, and the ATV thing will still be killing it, you know. Especially in your your older models, which the stuff we race today will become older models, you know, in ten or twelve years or fifteen years, they'll be reconditioning them and and making them new again. Yeah, I can't believe there hasn't been something new released. I mean, I get it, I get the economics of it, but I mean, really, nothing. The, the newest one was the. The is Yamaha the, R, right? Yep, and it's an it 09 is. model, and it basically, it's changed minorly, but the electronics and the engine really hasn't changed. Uh, they've done some things to the clutch. They put smog on it, um, but the platform itself is basically the same. The, yeah. the ECU that we sell for it, you know, bolts on an 09. Yeah, I keep seeing these, like, leaks and stuff, like, oh, there's a fuel-injected, you know, TRX 450 out there. That they've got it's ready to go they're just trying to get rid of all the old inventory or whatever they're doing I've every been, once in a while you see a little story about it and then like nope not, I've been not told happening. since uh, 12 that, that they have one um, probably not it's probably wouldn't be that model now they would probably upgrade it hopefully they would take the current electronics and the current engine and and you know roll it over that would be fun to have a fuel injected uh, 450 it would I mean, not that we had that many, that much trouble with the carburetors. I mean, we were always spot on with our stuff, and, and power was always there. Just once in a while, it, if you wanted some response, it wasn't there. The some of the fuel injected stuff I know is is better, um, but it was never it was never like detrimental to the race or anything. But, except one one time we had one bad car we came across. Yeah, that and changed too much fuel for some reason. It, it didn't hurt anything. All it did was run us out of fuel. <laughs> and we stopped in the middle of the race and changed it. Yeah. Um, and then everybody that rode beforehand was pissed and everybody that got to ride afterwards was happy. So it's funny how that works. When, when everything works, everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, fortunately, I think our time together, we had a pretty good run of, of happy. Um, yeah, absolutely. We never had a motor problem. Like I said, I've never had a motor let go. Uh, we, we, we had a rock hit a case that took us out of race, but that wasn't, a, that wasn't it. Yeah, that, that was 38 and, miles in. Yeah. You know how much money we saved? Yeah. We spent it all at the bar the next day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we sat at that bar all day. We, I don't think you were there all day, but me and my dad and, and a bunch of the guys that were up. That was when I we was, were running the two teams because the other team was still going. Yep. And we were they were kind of mad at us because we were at the bar. <laughs> they were calling and asking us questions. I'm like, oh, man, you're down there. You're in the race. Do what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up... <laughs> I, I ended up going home. 
You hightailed, okay. Yep. You had my tools and everything in the truck, and you said, hey, I'll bring them to you. And you put me on a train and sent me home. Okay. Yeah, you went in one of the, the buses. Then. Yep. Yeah, that's why you weren't at the bar. Yep. We were there all day. They brought tacos in and everything. It was great. I probably should have, and in, in, in hindsight, <laughs> being 2020, I probably should have stayed. Even though I don't drink, I would have had a blast. Yeah, they parked the motorhome, my dad's motorhome out there for us. They're like, yeah, park it here. So you're going in and out of the motorhome. We're hanging out at the bar all day long. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, and those guys ended up, I forget what place they came in because we were in class 25. They were in class 24. It was Joe Bernal and who else was down there? Where is someone's in? I remember Joe. Dave Scott was down there because he was waiting to get on the 25 bike, but we said, yeah, just ride the 24 bike. So that was fun doing two teams. Uh, it was a lot of work. We probably weren't ready for it, but um, it was kind of exciting. I don't know. In the I beginning, know. I think it worked for you, but it ultimately, I think, is what it, it, it it's also much. what ended you in ATVs, too. I don't think it ended me. It was just a matter of resources for both both teams. What, what what we are we you I've might have stayed at truck. you might have stayed you were going to the truck no matter what I know that but you might have stayed another year maybe two if it wouldn't have been for the other team yeah just just too many resources I think yeah I mean that's just that's how I took it you know I enjoyed it I enjoyed the fact that we got to do it as long as we did uh, it was a lot of fun and, and still fond memories um you know, it's it's when we were doing the uh, race down to Cabo and we had the different chase trucks, the Suburban, the Motorhome, uh, the Hummer. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can tell the story from your vantage point better than I can from mine. What about how it went? Yeah. Um, well, getting everybody chasing along that route especially going as far south as we did is a lot more difficult than doing the loop ones for sure um and we were hauling ass to to leapfrog to make it happen but some cool things happened like for instance um we were we were past bay of la and all we were kind of all, all grouped up together but my dad had had kind of moved forward he was in the that 34 foot boundary that could wobble down the road he loved that thing <laughs> that was a uh, oops excuse me that was that was one of those long in the tooth uh, long in the tooth motorhomes but yeah it, it it had some some love and some miles on it anyway he had jumped forward and he got to like San Ignacio I didn't realize this and we all got down there and you know I'm mixing up races this wasn't the same race this was a different La Paz race but anyway he got to San Ignacio and I didn't know this but he had a bunch of like frozen uh burgers in his freezer and he just oh, like fired up pans in the in the motorhome and was slinging hot cheeseburgers out of the door when everybody got there everybody had a hot cheeseburger in the middle of the freaking night and it was like the best cheeseburger you've ever had because you're expecting a, a, a cold turkey sandwich or something and you just got a hot cheeseburger it was great exactly i'm mixing that raise up but anyway the the common one the first one that we did we went all the way south and I forget why they did that. It was like the 40th or something or whatever it was. It was an anniversary race, Some yeah. Some sort of anniversary thing that they went longer. Um, but uh, we had a lot of people and we were not pre-staged. So um, sometimes we pre-stage people and, and we didn't do that. Like, hey, you guys are going to be down at, you know, from 
race mile 200 to 350, but we didn't. We instead we like caravan down along with it, which was a little more difficult. But um, we had less riders. I think we only had four guys. Right. So me and Robin and was Dave with us then? Um, I, I think, think it was. was. I don't think it was uh, the Texan. Oh, Jason Wade. Okay. Yep, Jason yep, Wade. Yep, yep. Robin, you, um, and the guy who stalled it in the water, Mark. Mark Chiquette. Yep. You're right. And uh, who who uh, swore he didn't stall it in the water <laughs> until we saw the photo. Um, I'll lay into it a little bit for you here, and and then you can take it. Okay. Uh, we get into the first night portion of the race, and you went to bed. And anybody that worked with Team Christie knew that if you wanted logistics, you wanted an answer, you went to Craig because Craig had the answer. Uh, Bo was your backup guy. Um, you'd ask him, he'd ask you, you guys would brainstorm, you'd add an answer in you know 30 seconds to a minute. Boom, boom, boom. You were dialed. You're asleep. Bo doesn't have you to sound off of. The Suburban hits a, hits a cow. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's making a call people are flipping out there's a gal screaming and hollering you know and I'm relatively new to the group and I just finally told everybody you're going to do this you're going to do this you're going to do this and I grabbed one of the guys and said fix the Suburban I don't care what <laughs> you do they fixed it with a Ducati beer can hey whatever yeah, at, a, at a gas station that's right I woke up and that was getting fixed at that point and and we're in the middle of the, the morning. We're in Loretto about. Yeah, we're in the morning yeah. and I and, and you get on the radio and, and nobody will tell you what's going on. And I finally, Bo just goes, I'm not telling him. And uh, <laughs> It was like my brand new Suburban. That was funny. And I just got on the radio and just said, hey, Craig, this is what's happening. Suburban had a cow. Yeah. What? Who did what? Exactly. Yeah, so took out the radio. Anyway, they got it. They got it fixed enough with a, with a beer can to. Robin and I drove it home to do the reservoir. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was, it was fucked up. <laughs> well, I tell you, I'm I'm. We're midway through the race. We're starting in the second day section, and I just go, Craig. I'm sorry, dude. You're too far behind to ride anymore. We're 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 we've already changed the schedule, or we're working on changing the schedule of riders. You know, I'm sorry. I know you wanted to finish. But I just don't see how you're going to make it. You're too far behind us. Yeah, I do remember that. And I said, fuck you. Uh, you actually didn't. <laughs> you, 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 there was radio silence for a little while. And you actually came back on the radio and says, I'm trying to figure this out. We'll go with plan A until there's a plan B. That's kind of the way it went. Yeah. So we, we were blasting down the highway. We had a quad on a trailer on the back of the Suburban. Yep. And uh, we got to a point where I could... We unloaded that quad and I rode up about a 20 mile road to catch, like to catch the race quad. And I pulled up there and I swear in 10 seconds later, Robin comes around the corner and he went past me and I started jamming after him and people are waving at him and stopping. And uh, I just, just barely caught him. So he just got on the other quad and just rode behind me and cruised yep. in. And at that point we were, uh, I think we were in third at that point in that race. Yeah, we got third. Yeah. So we were... There was no chance of catching second, so we just cruised it. Nobody was nobody was on our heels, so we just cruised it. And I, had a, I had a broken collarbone a month before, remember that? Yep. That's one of the reasons some of those those things change. Uh, another fun part of that race was um, Catavina. You remember that? 
So that's where Abrego was there. Abrego was on that race team too. Yes. I just remember. Um, Steve Abrego, and he had an enclosed trailer, and they pulled it into Catavina and we did that pit set stop. it up for a pit stop, and it was the coolest pit stop ever. They like, drove, drove, drove the quad right into the trailer, everything got done, backed it out, and sort of headed back down the highway, but it was just like a clean floor, you weren't down in the dirt. It was just like one of the coolest pit stops, and it was loaded with people. Remember, they were yep. flat. Felt like Thanksgiving the dunes. It was and there crazy. was every, nobody could believe we a quad. Yeah. Really, you guys are doing this to a quad? Yeah. And it was a super fast pit too. Yeah, I think. Um, did you? I don't think you changed the oil, but you. No, I changed the air filter. Um, we checked all the tires. Uh, you might have changed the tires because we were on pavement. We might have. Either that or we changed it right when we got back in on the dirt because then we had three more miles of pavement to get to the bay of or something. And I rode that section because, again, I had a, a freshly freshly fixed collarbone. It was a, it, there was a lot of things that happened in that race. that. Another great pit, since we're talking about pits, um, and this was, I think this was the 2009 race. We had a problem with the rear end and you swapped the whole rear end out. That was later on. Um, Andy, we were in class 25 at that point, and we were actually in contention with Matt Locke and someone else at that point. And Andy had sheared the skid plate off and we had to go into Borrego for yeah, our pit. Near Borrego, yeah. And I couldn't, we already knew I couldn't extract the bolts from the skid plate. Yeah. And... So we had the backup bike sitting there. We took the three bolts out for the linkage, the shock and the swing arm and detached the brake, slid it back in, put the bolts in, tightened it down. Yeah, and then uh, I attached the, the caliper there. and left. Yeah. It took us 15 minutes. Yeah, that was cool. And one of the one of the guys, he still pits with me at the trucks now, um, is DSJ's stepdad, Bill Summers. Nice. He... Uh, he was talking about that. He's like, that was the first race that he came to. And he's like, I remember when, when that happened and you did swap the whole rear end out in 15 minutes. I couldn't freaking believe it. <laughs> he was so impressed. And I think we did that with a front end at some point too, didn't we? No, you had we Andy. Andy hit uh, a cattle guard crossing. Oh, that's right. That's right. And broke an A-arm. And you finished the machine. We were gonna, you finished the we race. We were going to change it. But then we, we were like, I rode it 30 miles and it was fine. So we just kept going, right? Yep. Cranked I wasn't at that out. race. No? Okay. Yeah. You guys a, you guys made the call to, f- to finish it? Yeah. We did it. I didn't miss many down there, but I missed I missed a 500 and I missed 1,000. Well, they're all good times. Oh, they're all incredible times. Yeah, it's been really interesting this year not being able to race. I mean, we were in San Felipe ready to go, you know, this, this whole COVID thing hit. So we had a condo. We ran it for a month now. We just go down for a month. We're not there the whole time. We come back and forth, but um, so we were there for two weeks, and then this thing hit, and I'm like, "Okay, we got to go back down and pick up all of our stuff because I don't want my stuff to get stuck down there." So uh, we had to go down and pick up all the trucks and hightail it back, which is a bummer. So that in you know San Felipe is my favorite. That? Oops. Yep. I love that race, and I love I love running washes. It's just my favorite kind of racing: trucks, quads, anything, except for two wheelers. I can't do those. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, just um, it's it's been a real bummer, and and then trying to push races back a little bit, and trying to reschedule everything, it's just been a real mess for them, and and for racers too. So we're supposed to have this 
a, a race in San Felipe that's supposed to be 500 miles in four weeks here. Um, I, we're not going to go, but um, I just that's going to be hot. It's going to be real hot. Why aren't you guys going to go? Because uh, it's going to be too hot. I, I, just, I don't have any interest in doing a, a San Felipe race in September. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, that, coupled with um, everything that's going on in the world right now, just budget-wise, I'd rather... I'd rather hang on to it and, and do a full season next year than a half season this year and blow some money. That, that it's, all, it's all budget, you know? Oh, totally. Everything's about budget. What has the COVID done to your business or to your lifestyle up here? Um, it's reset a lot of things. Um, there's kind of two parts to my business, which is, you know, editing and equipment. Um, and that business is doing okay because we're delivering editing equipment to people's homes. Um, the other side is like setting up an editing bay in my, in my, in the office. Uh, we have editing bays that people come rent from us, and that business is gone. So nobody's in the facilities using the facilities. Um, so we're just kind of, kind of on hold. And you know, again, I don't want to, I don't want to go blow money racing and then go back, look back and go, damn, I wish I, wish I had that money. So it's it's been hard, and, and it's. It's really hard to be like you're chomping at a bit to go race, or um, it, it's 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 really sucked not being able to, um, and you miss all the people that you hang out with. And, I mean, there's a lot of camaraderie around all of it, and people you've known for years. So we don't see them that much because we're just not doing it. Um, so it's just it's always a snap when you're down in Mexico. You run into everybody, um, and we went out to this Extreme race, and it was really cool to see everybody, and that was good. And um, you've asked about highlights about racing, and I say, like, well, here's a highlight, here's a highlight. But pre running is kind of, well, not a highlight, it's my favorite part of it. But the reason pre running is my favorite part of it is all the people that you see and hang out with. So. It's the relationships that have, that have gotten you through uh, some highs and lows in racing and made it more enjoyable for you. Absolutely. Uh, you're a social guy, anyways, so. Um, your social life matters, uh, I think, more than some of the other portions of it where maybe I was the serious side, maybe too serious at times. I'm not that competitive. <laughs> I, 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 I like everybody to like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> What are you trying to say? I don't? <laughs> no, I mean, you, you guys drove us to do that. And when, well, I'm not that competitive. <laughs> um, you know, when you start, hey, we're, we're getting seconds and thirds, it starts driving you a little bit more. But uh, it, it, again, it, like you say, I'm a social guy, but it, it's it's about hanging out with everybody and having a good time. Or, or bottom line, it's about having a good time. If we're not having a good time, then we're doing it wrong, you know? Exactly. It's just, well, if you're not having a good time or if it's a problem or or, or, or whatever, you, you have some issue, then, then okay, well, hey, let's fix it or let's not do this. But... And every time we come back to it, we always, we always have a good time. So that's that's key. I I think that that's missed on on so many race programs that if you do it and you have success, there has to be an element of fun in it. Because if you did it and and didn't have success, it wouldn't be fun, or you wouldn't come back because. Uh, yeah, I, I, I bet I wouldn't have stayed in it as long if, if we weren't successful. You know, again, I got thirteenth in that first race, and I was like, 
Yeah, <laughs> we're finished. <laughs> well, finishing. It, the it's next a, race is like, hey, we got seventh. And the next race, it was sportsman class. And the next race, we got third. You're like, wow, look at, look at us. <laughs> I thought I was hot shit. <laughs> I was seventh and third in the sportsman class. <laughs> but that's what makes it. The, the, the climb up the ladder is Absolutely. what makes it. Uh, I remember you telling me that you had no desire to race class 25. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're fine in sportsman. And then we got into 24, and then we did that. I'm like, okay, well, let's do this out. Um, mostly, I think that was part of the suspension thing I was telling you about. Once we got really started working on that and got it working so good that, okay, well, I'd like some extra motor now. And I finally talked Lauren into putting a different cam in there for me. You don't want me to, but we did it for that short race, and that was a good package, man. If we could have made that so- package last a thousand miles, Ooh, that would have been fun. Well, we run a a more aggressive package now in the desert because of testing and longevity of life things. I can tell those guys that I'm the one that forced you guys to do it. (laughs) (laughs) They're all riding my coattails now. (laughs) Uh, Somewhat, yeah, somewhat. No, I'm sure just like anything, it's all development. It it, it was. I mean, there's different products not, not too many. I mean, the platform is still the platform. Um, there's been some advancements uh, in cooling uh, and things like that that, that we've changed, uh, which help. Um, the oil, we run the same oil that we did. We run the same gas that we did. So those haven't changed much. Um, but some of the products and some of the things Lauren's uh, done with the engine that I don't get to elaborate on because it's not my forte or, or my... Uh, my wheelhouse per se. Mm -hmm. Um, but the chassis builds, you know, I always run that and take care of that and, and put them together a certain way. And, um, I got to work with a good friend of yours, Josh Rowe, um, in his last couple of years. And, and that was a lot of pleasure. Um, he's a very talented young man. Talented young man. He's always been a talented young man, little bastard. (laughs) Uh, yeah, because, uh, if you listen to his story, I he's, call him little. He's not little. Why? Well, when, when I first met him, oh, he's, he's a sweetheart. We hang out all the time. He's thirty years old, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, yeah, married. married That's in right. thirty. That's the last time I saw him was at his wedding. Yeah. So there you go. That's somebody I met in the middle of the desert one day, and here we are. You know, 10, 20, 10, 10 almost twenty years later, and you know, hang out with him regularly. And he was a teenager. Yeah. You know, just a punk kid um, back then. He is the, the least punk kid that I know out of all of those kids. Uh, at he times. He was never a punk. <laughs> uh, you maybe you got to, to see. Maybe not to me. Yeah, you got to see a different side of him. I got to see him grow up um, and, and become a fine young man. Good. Really. You know, I mean, you have to be proud of him for uh, his evolution and, and the man he is today. Uh, I'm mean, not trying to make this a Josh Rowe commercial, but uh, <laughs> he, he's he's a pretty good dude. And I, I gained a lot of respect for him getting to work with him uh, because he did some shakedown stuff on my machines. And uh, yeah, he helped us when we were shock testing. Yep. Yeah, yep. He was out there. And he's only he only got better. Yeah. Let me tell you, he only got better. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't go up against him. I'd lose. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that there's a and, desert and let me preface that going up against all, all those guys like I'll lose and, and I want to make this real clear like I was only as good as my team 
the the people that that we recruited and had around us um, was was the reason for our success. I think that it, it, from my perspective, you had a great logistics program and you had a solid group of riders that were loyal to you. And if you told them to ride a section, they were ecstatic, did their deal and did their job and brought the machine in. They brought the machine in uh, most of the time in good running order so that the next guy could do his job. Yeah, I think Andy was the only one that kept breaking things. You yeah, know. Look at it, look at it. He blew the case. He broke the axle. <laughs> he broke the axle. Uh, sheared the sheared the plate off and sheared the front end off. <laughs> yeah. So, so Andy, uh, when, you, I, when you listen to this, I don't know. You better you better get ready to, to back back up what you did. The reason that reason all that happened, you must have been doing something crazy or going super fast. <laughs> uh, he, you know, Andy was a and is probably still a, a pretty talented guy in his own right. Uh, you know, because he transitioned from cross-country woods racing to desert racing and th- there's no comparison in the two disciplines uh, I, I did a woods racing race once and i never wanted to go do that again that was terrible i've never had arm pump like that before <laughs> uh, i was kind of like whoa i was not ready for this at all and just shifting and breaking and i mean that's a lot of stuff going on it's kind of nice once in a while when you get a straightaway in the desert and you just go for a little while it's really relaxing Honestly, when you get a little break there, <laughs> drive around those woods tracks. I did the one in Texas with Jason, and oh my god, terrible! Well, Yet again, kind of like the works thing. Like, we get on these straightaways, and I was passing people left and right. We get into this tight stuff, and they're all kicking my ass. <laughs> uh, I'm like, you gotta turn this thing. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turning's a big part of most other kind of racing, <laughs> most of the racing except for what I do. Right. <laughs> what I did. Anyway. Most desert guys can't turn. Um, you know, you got to become good friends with the Matlocks, too. Yeah, as well. yeah. Yeah, we hang out. All, I mean, we pre run together every race and, and, and hung out with them last weekend in Mexico. It's the first time we've been to Mexico in a while. It was nice down there. Good to see everybody. And like, they're doing okay. You know, they're, I was concerned. People, restaurants, and Mexican families, and everybody that we knew were really struggling. And they're doing okay. They're not, they're not not gangbusters, but they're doing okay. But yeah, we hang out with the uh, Matlocks all the time and, and um, everybody everybody surrounding all that, that group. And it's uh, it's fun. Again, my favorite part is pre-running and we do a lot of that and do it all together and have a great time. Being that you come from a, a non-racing background and if you were reaching out to... A, a listener or a, a young racer or somebody thinking of getting into it, uh, whether it be desert or any form of, of competitive sport like this, uh, what would be the advice that you would give them? Uh, I always called you coach, <laughs> but then I tell you, you're coaching me wrong. So, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you really helped me was, uh, was, was getting from, First of all, the bike, and not even know coming from a, a non. I mean, I'm I'm mechanically sound, but I ain't no mechanic by any means. And and coming from that, and getting the advice of what should we run, going you know coming into the shop and talking to you guys about that, and getting started. So having that support is huge. Finding the right um, 
the right people to take care of things and get you started and point you in the right direction because you don't know and, and to test everything take you years. So it doesn't, you know, you need to start at some sort of baseline. Um, so that really helped, number one. Um, uh, two is, especially in Desert Racing and especially in Baja, uh, you just cannot give up. You just got to keep going. Um, even if you're you're getting beat down or something's broken, just keep going. It's, it's all about finishing. Once you get a couple of those finishes under your belt, like I said, we finished that first one, and I thought we, we were a big deal. Um, but it wasn't that I thought it was a big deal. It was more of like I was just proud to have done it because I didn't think I would finish. I'm like, we're never, <laughs> we're never going to finish this thing, but we're going to go for it. Right. And we finished, and that, that made me ecstatic. So um, getting getting a couple notches in your belt, if you will, even if it's a finish or um, even if it's uh, – even having a successful race may not be for you in a first one um, necessarily like winning it or, or necessarily finishing it, but having the goal of like, hey, I, I got through this section, one section is yours. Um, or as I said, like when we kind of switched bikes, like, wow, this bike's really working good. Like that's, that's, that's the next step and then the next step. And you just – you just build on that and it gets better and better. It goes for the trucks too, same thing. Oh, I, I learned I can't do that. <laughs> something as obvious as like, one time we drove right through a bush and, and I'm like, well, that wasn't bad at all. So I learned that. And I identified that bush and how dry that bush was. And then the, in other races, I'm like, oh, that's that bush. I can go through there, right through it. No problem. <laughs> it just exploded. <laughs> well, the first time I hit it up by mistake was, but a couple times I've gone through those on purpose to get around bad, bad salt or something like that. Sorry, I'm getting off track. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I guess maybe not necessarily off track, but building on all those things and having those experiences. And I can't stress, if you're going to do Baja and you want to do score races, I can't stress enough the pre-running. You just, you got to get the time out there. And the more you do it, the better you're going to be. There's no two ways about it. Right. Even though I enjoy it a lot and I love being down there and doing it, and I do it more than I probably need to, just because I enjoy it so much. Starting out, I did it a lot because I needed to, because I needed to learn stuff. Well, that's pretty awesome. Craig, um, I'll have to tell you this. I really enjoy our time. Um, I consider you a a great friend, and I really appreciate you taking the time with me Um, in my new endeavor. I know that uh, when this episode finally comes out and, and airs, it'll be a little bit down the road. Um, and I just want to reach out to you as, as my friend and say thank you very much for uh, giving me your time. I know you're a busy guy and I know that you had to really work some things in your schedule to get here and to sit down with me face to face instead of doing a Zoom meeting, which probably would have been easier for both of us. But um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for coming. Yeah, no, happy to be here. Thank you for everything over the years. Like you said, uh, I'm glad you still consider me a great friend, even though we've had arguments <laughs> in the middle of stuff. Uh, you know, but <laughs> but when you are, and, and I, I still feel a fondness with Tony Racing and, and your family and everybody that's helped out, and I, I wouldn't have been successful. Uh, in the ATVs without you guys. Well, we really appreciate that. And and passion drives me 
in what I do, uh, I'm a huge fan of ATV racing. I'm a huge fan of, of watching races. I'm a huge fan of working at the races. Um, and I think that our arguments were passion based. Uh, maybe our, maybe our direction that we were trying to go, we were trying to go two different directions at one time. Um, and if we would have stepped back and, and looked at both plans, we probably would have been better off. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you just you have to discuss it and figure it out, and then pick a pick a pick a road and try it, and then if that doesn't work, try the other road. But we always tried to pick it and do it in the heat of the battle instead of doing it. Uh, that's racing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Again, thank you very much for coming to ATV Talk. You met my team earlier. Uh, They're a great bunch. Uh, We're all learning together. And uh, I expect after we stop this that you'll critique it a little bit and give me some insight. I'll take it away. We'll do some editing. (laughs) All right, brother. Thank you very much. Take care. Have a great night. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858-571-0160. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.